Okay, hi and welcome to A Wee Blether About, a podcast from the academic skills team at UWS. Uh, my name's Linda Riches and I'm one of the academic skills advisors at the university. Today I'm joined by my fellow academic skills advisors, Dr. Kevin Wilson. Hi, Kevin. Hiya. <laughs> and Ben Farrer. Um, hi, Ben. Hello. Um, and so we're going to have a blather about why referencing is important in academic writing. We're going to share a few of our sort of personal stories, uh, potential disasters with referencing and offer some tips on getting it right. Um, before we start, um, Ben was asking me earlier about what the word blather means um, in our podcast. So I thought we, we better explain that. So. A blether is really a Scottish word, which means a, a lengthy chat between friends, or that's the way that I like to think of it. Um, but it can also mean a bit of a gossipy conversation or being a bit boring um, when you think about something. So um, we've called it a wee blether, so that that's to remind us all to keep it kind of short and hopefully helpful. But as we all know, we quite like to talk, don't we? So we'll just see how it goes. Um, so what we'll start off by thinking about maybe is just tackling that issue of why referencing is important. Because um, I know like for all of us, it's something that we get lots of questions about, lots of one-to-one -one sessions about referencing. And sometimes students have come from college or they've come, you know, they've not studied for a while and they don't really understand why they need to reference. Uh, so I thought I'd come to you, Kevin, first, because you're, you're the expert amongst us on referencing. So, um, why do students need to think about referencing? Why is it particularly important at university? Well, I think the thing I would always say to students is to just remember the evidence. Because sometimes what we lose sight of is, is, is why we're doing it. You know, and because it's, you know, it's so specific about style and where full stops go and commas and all that, that if we zone in too much on that, which is, of course, important, sometimes we lose sight of the whole purpose, that it's a means to an end. It's a means of telling your reader about all that good evidence that you're using in, in, in a piece of writing. And university writing's got to be supported by evidence. You know, academic writing must be evidence-based. We've got to have the words and ideas of, of other credible writers and authors in, in our own work. And referencing is, is the way that we tell the, people, the, the, the reader that that's going on. So sometimes I think that's the, that's the key thing I would say to remember. And, you know, the more good quality evidence we've got, the better quality our, our, our argument potentially is going to be. But referencing is just how we're reminding the reader all the time that that's coming in. So I think that's what I'd always kind of to, to always say um, is, is the key thing to, to remember, certainly, of, of why we need. There's other reasons why we need to do it and why it's important, but for, for me, that's probably the, the thing I would always start with. Yeah, and I think, I'm sure, Ben, you can probably tell us a little bit about this as well. Sometimes students get a bit frightened because the word plagiarism is mentioned when we're talking about, you know, um, our academic work. How does plagiarism link into referencing? So, I mean, it's exactly what Kevin's just said. It's a case of that you're showing where you get your information from. Um, you know, you're not expected to, um, you know, be wizards and conjure information out of thin air. We, mm. you know, you're expected to read and find out uh, where information comes from and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, referencing is just a case of, you know, if you're taking information or you're using information or you're saying something that someone else has said, um, you can just credit them and, and tell the reader exactly where you got that information from. Um, and that's really the basis of, of anything, really, when it comes to learning is a case of you look at what information is already out there, you synthesize it, and then you add your own, your own little bit to it. <clears throat> 
So in terms of avoiding plagiarism through referencing, it's a case of if you can see where the information's come from and, and you're showing everybody you know, what you've read and where you've got your information from, then there's nothing underhanded going on. It's very clear you know, mm-hmm. where you've got your information from. Um, and you know, you're crediting the people who have done the work that, that kind of came before you and, and based on. I mean, the thing to remember about plagiarism is it's a case of it's very easy to avoid if you reference correctly um, and if you're just honest about where your information comes from. Um, yeah. So, you know, there are obviously tools that can help you like turn it in and that kind of thing, but just keeping an eye on where your references are coming from and where your information is from will pretty much solve most of the problems. Yeah, that's that's the key thing, isn't it? Because a lot of students can unintentionally plagiarise and it's just, it's not, they didn't mean to do it. It's just that they've not kept a, a good enough track on where that information's coming from. And yeah, that, that could I be the problem. Somebody said to me once, they think of your references like a, a, a trail of breadcrumbs, you know, that you're leaving hmm. to, to for the reader to kind of follow back to all the things that you read. And that's, a, that's quite a good way of, of thinking about it. And just, I mean, to build on what Ben said there about credit, you know, you're given all these other people credit for, for all the work that they did and, 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 you know, developing their ideas and their original sources, all the things that you've read. But, you know, a well-referenced piece of work gets you credit, you know, because your reader can see a glance how much reading you've done. And, you know, if you've got lots of references there, that's, you know, the first sign that we've got, we could have a good piece of a good piece of writing there. So, you know, yeah, we get, you know, we're, we're obviously, you know, we need to make sure that the other authors get credit for coming up with these ideas. But, you know, when we use them correctly in our work and when the reader can see the volume of, and quality of our sources, then, you know, that gets us a lot of credit as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think the thing that I'd, I'd add to that is, you know, um, it doesn't negate your own original thought. I mean, you know, obviously mm. Kevin's done a PhD. We've all been involved in research to some extent. Um, you know, using those sources and, and getting that information and doing that background reading provides the springboard from which you can kind of leap off and do your own critical thinking and that kind of thing. So it's the foundation of everything, really, is, is having that underlying knowledge that you know what you're talking about, you know what's already out there, and therefore you know what's interesting and what to talk about. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. connects nicely with uh, one of my kind of more laboured analogies, which is that, you know, if we if we think of an essay or a piece of writing like a house, uh, just what Ben said about foundations, that your your evidence is the is the foundations in which it's built, you know, so you get good quality, solid evidence, you're going to build something, something nice and, you know, convincing and, and, and interesting to read, but, you know, if we've got that, that evidence there, which, which perhaps isn't of such high quality, or we're not telling the reader about the evidence at all, we don't have any foundations, then you know, everything's just going to collapse out. The house is going to fall down, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that brings me quite neatly to uh, occasions maybe when the house has fallen down for for us, Um, because we're not pretending here that we are perfect. I think we've all had to learn how to reference over time. And, you know, obviously if you make mistakes or you have situations with referencing where you think, oh, I could have done that better, it's a a lesson learned. do either of you have any particular lessons that you learned that you want to share with us about referencing? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll stick my head above the part of it here. I've not, it's one, one thing I've not, I've not um, admitted openly too often to particularly the <laughs> students I'm telling about referencing, but when I, I did my PhD, I was um, you know writing for a long time. I started writing um, and I remember thinking, I better start doing my reference list now, but I got in a, a couple of years into studying, I still hadn't started it, albeit I was, you know, I was gathering all my evidence and, and writing my in-text citations, so 
uh, it got to the point at the end of the PhD, which I'm, I'm going to admit now, on a recorded podcast when I didn't actually have my reference list written. I had all the rest of the evidence gathered and my citations written. So I knew the sources I'd used, I knew what they were, but I hadn't actually written the reference list. So that involved me then, I, I think it probably took about three to four weeks of just writing a reference list, which is what I always use for the basis of telling students, don't leave your reference list to the end, write it as you go, because I do not want you to experience even a fraction of what I went through that month of writing a reference list, plus the experience of finding and you know, going back to see a source and then you can't remember exactly what it was or where it was located and then spending two or three days trying to find that again so you could get, you know, some bit of publication information from it. So, you know, that was my own personal experience and I like to try and use, you know, it's a, 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 I use my own experience in these things for students to try and avoid these situations and, and to know that, you know, it's, it's not an enjoyable experience. That sounds quite painful. That sounds like a painful experience. You're never going to do that again after you've done that once, are you? Definitely not, no. Yeah. yeah. What, we, about, what about you, Ben? Have you had any similar experiences? No, I've never made any mistakes referencing ever. <laughs> um, no, no, of course I have. I mean, I, I like the, the idea of, of spending, you know, weeks doing just referencing is, is most people's idea of hell. Um, you know, and, and I've had, you know, plenty of disasters where it was a case of early on, I just didn't know what you were meant to reference. You know, it's like, can I, can I say this? You know, it, do, do I need to prove this kind of thing? You know, do I need a reference to say that the sky's blue or can we just kind of accept that? Um, and, and, you know, as you go on, you kind of get a feel for it. Um, you know, I've had situations where, you know, I've, I've found, you know, I've thought of, I've found some quote or something like that, and it's perfect for my essay and I've stuck it in and I haven't bothered to say where I got it. And it's the foundational point of the whole essay. And then I get to, you know, an hour before it's due. And I suddenly realized that I haven't got a reference for it. And I have no idea where I got it. And there are 20 books sat on my table and I don't know which one it's in. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a nightmare. I think the thing that I'd say about the, the kind of referencing disasters is I would challenge you to find anyone who hasn't had at least one or several. Um, and anyone who, you know, I've had a chat with about referencing is probably sick of me saying this, but the thing I always end up saying about it is nobody takes to referencing like a duck to water. It's just not something, you know, that people look at and are like, oh yeah, I just can naturally do that. It does take a bit of practice and a bit of time, both in terms of learning how to format everything, working out what information you need to reference and where you put the reference, um, and, you know, just figuring out in general kind of how you want to approach it, you know, in terms of keeping track of them as they go along. So everybody has a disaster. I think the trick is to learn from the disaster and yeah. to, to work out what you personally, uh, you know, need to work on in terms of referencing, because it's, it's different for every every person who's doing it. Yeah, yeah I definitely. Yeah. And I mean, I, I say that to students all the time. It's, you know, referencing is not an innate skill. You know, no, no baby comes through, you know, school with a kind of a, a, an inbuilt ability and knowing how to reference. And, and you know, no, it's, it's a learned thing and something that you just learned over time. You know, so people sometimes arrive and say, I don't know what's going on. Am I supposed to know all this stuff? Well, the answer is, in the first instance, no. Mm -hmm. uh, of course not. You know, and as Ben said, just through practice. And uh, I mean, I think one thing I'd add is a good thing about referencing in comparison to all the other skills that we, that we teach and, and speak to students about is, in a lot of respects, it's a kind of binary thing. It's, it's once your reference is right, that's it, and you don't need to think about it again. You know, whereas yeah. all these other things, you can always have more evidence. You can always improve the quality and clarity of your writing. You can keep working on that forever. You can keep sharpening it up. But you know, once you've done your reference right, once you know it lays out right, then that you don't need to think about it again. You know, that's mm. one of the that's one of the, the good things I suppose about referencing um, is that you know it's 
you know, once you've got it, you've got it, and, and we can really focus on, on all yeah. the other skills which you yeah, can really advance over a long period. Let's think about the positives from it rather than seeing it as a real negative thing that we've sort of got to do. That, I suppose that brings me to then to just maybe thinking about some sort of sort of key sort of tips for referencing it. I know certainly for me, obviously we're using, at the moment, most students are using Harvard Cite Them Right. And we've obviously got the Harvard Cite Them Right book that goes along with that. When I speak to students, a lot of times the students don't realise that actually you only need to use, I think it's pages 1 to 111 of the book, because that's the section that talks about Harvard. And then section E talks is the table of contents for that section. So actually, you know, there's only a bit of the book that you need to use and, and yeah. focus on. Um, yeah. I think sometimes when students see the book, they feel a bit overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I always I mean, say that to them as a starting point. Anything that you always say to students as a sort of top tip? Well, I, th I mean, I think just to add what you're saying, even in that, you know, even when you look at the, the section about Harvard reference and then and the Sight and Write book, you know, there's loads of types of sources. Even that can look quite kind of daunting mm. when you look at it. You know, you know, a, a nursing student's never going to be referencing a computer game or a live performance in their, yeah. in their essay. You know, so there's going to be there's actually probably going to be a handful of examples that you just return to again and again. So from a big book like Linda said, down to you know, you're you're talking about a limited amount of of pages in it. And what I usually say to students is, every time there's a source that you look at in the book, that, you know, an example, put a, put a post it in that page of the book, and you know, you'll end up with like you know nine or ten posts it's probably by the end of your degree and those will be the examples that you just keep going back and forward to the rest of the book you, you probably won't need to, to look at at all um, and then that kind of makes it again a bit less daunting yeah yeah what's um what's the opinion on sort of online referencing tools so you can get you know um tools that do the referencing for you i always tend to sort of warn students that actually you need to go through and understand how to reference to be able to use those properly because um, you then assume that that bit of software is going to get it right and often it doesn't. Is that something that you've found, Ben? Definitely, yeah. And I mean, I, I you know, I talk about reference management software and that kind of thing. And, and the thing to keep in mind is the reference management software is very clever. It's not as clever as you are. <laughs> Um, you know, no matter how good the software is, it just doesn't have what you have, which is you have the ability to read this and to spot the things. You know, it can see patterns, but you can see the whole picture. Um, you know, there's some pretty good software out there, but the, the problem is, you know, I mean, the hints in the name with ours, you know, it's like cite them right, Harvard. This suggests there are other types of Harvard. So it's a case of if you just set it to Harvard referencing, it might get it right. It might not exactly. So, you know, it can give you a very good foundation, but you have to really make sure that you know um, how to do it yourself, you know, know what you're looking for and, and what to spot. Um, I mean, the benefit is, as we've said, you know, we've got kind of, you know, a very solid textbook that kind of outlines everything mm. um, and you can sort of double check it. But, you know, yeah, you know, if, if you want to use reference management software, um, the tools are out there, but just make sure that you know what you're looking for in terms of when you're checking over your references, because ultimately it's your assignment. And if you, you know, submit it and it gets down marked for referencing, it's not the software that's getting the, that's losing the marks. It's, it's you. So, you know, yeah. you kind of have to, um, 
take the responsibility for, for that kind of thing. But, you know, as Kevin says, once you get to that point where um, you kind of know, you know, what kind of references you're going to be using in your topic, once you can reference one journal, you can reference any journal ever written. It's all the same things. You just sort of put them in the order and that kind of thing. So um, it comes together a lot, a lot quicker than some students realize. It's just a case of getting over that initial sort of hurdle and... Uh, and, you know, so make sure you know how to do it yourself before you kind of rely too much on the software. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally, totally agree with that. Um, and I, I, you've, you've actually used the, um, the same phrase that I say to students, which is that the, the, the software's not, the software's not going to, you know, get the mark back for the essay. You know, get yeah. fairly responsibility to the software. Software doesn't care. You know, it's, it's there to help you, but ultimately <laughs> if there's an error, it's, it's going to, you know, it's, it's it doesn't care about it. So, yeah. And I mean, I usually say to students that which, you know, the best way is just to do your first essay or first couple, write it out longhand. Now, nobody really likes hearing that, but the best way to familiarise yourself is, is to do that and, and to get a sense of what it looks like so that then when you start, if you do start using stuff like this, maybe later on in your degree software to help you generate the references, it's much easier to spot if, they, if it's missed something or it doesn't look right. You know, how, how are you going to spot errors if you don't know what, you know, what the kind of baseline for the standard is in the first place? Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe the final point that I would make is to give yourself time for referencing. So a lot of you know, people just, they want to get the assignment finished and handed in and they don't actually factor in, I maybe actually need to take some time to just sit and go through, check if I've got a reference in the assignment, is it in my list at the end? Because often you can take something out during the course of writing. And often students just don't give themselves the time to go through it mm -hmm. and double check it. And like you were saying, Kevin, if you do it manually so that you really understand how you're supposed to reference, you really want to check that. You really want to, and you'll get faster at it as you yeah. be become more experienced with it but just giving yeah. yourself that time and i mean what I, I say to students is that you know no no marker wants is interested in writing comments about referencing you know no. they're interested in your ideas and, and you know the things that the, the real kind of core argument of your essay that's what they want to make comments about as a, as a market every time they need to make a comment about you know an incorrect citation or information missing or something not in the reference list you, they're almost coming out at the moment of, of the essay and you know not thinking about the, the things that they should be thinking about which mm. is the hard work and the ideas that you're kind of engaging with you know constant comments about referencing your and your work is taking them a, a, a away from that i suppose taking their attention away from what you want them to be, have their attention on so i always just say you know sometimes students will be like well, does it really matter if it's got a full stop there or not mm. In the, in the wider scheme of things, I suppose, no, in the world it doesn't, but in the context of an academic essay, yes, it does. And, you know, if you know, it goes back to this thing about it being right or wrong, once it's right, and once, you know, as Linda says, you can type check it, and you know it's right, then you can you be sure that that's something that you're not going to, the, the marker's not going to comment about, and you can actually focus on those elements of it that, you, that really require more attention. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Well, I guess we could talk about referencing forever because I know for us it's the most popular subject, isn't it, in one-to-ones? But I guess we could leave it there for today. Um, hopefully people have found that interesting. And what we could also do is we could put up some links for the book and we have our own sort of referencing guide. And also the library has quite a good referencing guide as well. So we can put some links to go along with this. Um, and just to finish by saying that you know, students can always book one-to-one -one appointments with us to discuss referencing. So if any of this has raised an issue for you or you think I really need to go through referencing, then book a one-to-one -one appointment with us through um, Careers and Skills. Go to onto my day and go into Careers and Skills and book with us. Um, so 
That was great. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Thanks a lot, um, Ben. obviously want to get some comments from people about the podcast so um, if you've watched this or listened to this and you want to hear us have a wee blether about something else then please drop a line to skills at uws.ac.uk and uh, thanks for listening